Hello, and welcome to Wyverns and Weirdos Falcon List, the BD podcast set in the world of Pierre My name is Darby, I'm Dan, and as usual, I'm joined by Eddie, playing Tittle, Mitch, playing Maris, Joe, playing Alton, Jake, playing the Fishman, and Laura, playing Ruth. Let's jump into it. So, where we last left off, the party dealt with a, uh, being chased, being pursued by an immense dragon turtle, um, that seemed to be suffused with elemental powers and somehow connected to the fishman. Um, after reeling from the results of this battle, uh, they continued towards uh, their, their destination. So, um, we're probably getting into early evening now, um, around about mess time. Um, so is there anything in particular folks would like to do? Sorry, I went to speak then and then had to cough. Um, so I know after the events of today, um, Tibble is wanting to touch base, I guess, with, um, the fish man. Where would the fish man be at? Is he recovered enough, I guess, um, from the events of today to be out at the mess hall or what's his sort of situation? He's just been chilling with, um, with Ham and Root, so... Um, I don't think he would necessarily come out until there is a, something happening. So yeah, he would probably attend the the mess hall when it's time. Yeah. Okay. Um, in that case, um, when the fish man enters um, the mess hall, Tibble, who I think is most likely at a table with um, well, would anyone else be sort of sitting with Tibble in the mess actively at all, or...? Um, Neris would not, I don't believe, actively be sitting with Tibble, um, okay. but would be in the mess hall, um, has, um, four different books in front of him, which is more than normal in the mess hall. Normally it caps out at about two or three. Um, but he has a couple of times, like, made to, like, get up and come over to Tibble and then, like, thought better of it. Hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, okay. Um, when Tibble spots, um... <laughs> Fuck, I'm so sorry about this, Mitch. Um, when Tibble spots the... F- Fishman, he um, kind of looks across to um, Neris. Would there be any chance that Neris would be looking up 
at Tibble at this point, or is he very much absorbed in his books? Um, so, no to the first and no to the second, only because as soon as Fishman walks in, Neris has stopped doing whatever it was he was doing, and his, uh, in Neris's own mind, surreptitiously, watching Fishman's every move. Just like um, evaluating him. Okay. Um, so Tibble, he um, looks between Fishman and Neris, and um, I think the table that Tibble is currently at is maybe only has like a few um, crew members around him. Usually he kind of has a lot more, um, but is very clear that he has left himself a little bit more open. Some might be able to tell the reason is because he's waiting um, for something or for someone. And so when he sees Fishman, he kind of um, goes to motion for Neris, like goes to try and lock eyes with Neris and motion for Neris to come over, but sees Neris watching Fishman and kind of um, scrambles to his feet um, and addresses the people at his table and he's like, uh, apologies, I, um, important business to attend to. And he kind of scuttles, um, towards Neris's table, uh, jumps up onto the table and goes to look very casual, um, like he's been sitting there the whole time, and he's like, up, oh, Fishman, over here. Come have a seat with Neris and I. Cool. He will uh, be like, okay. This is very weird. I will yeah, note he... that um, in Tibble's scramble, he probably did accidentally push off either some pages or some books. <laughs> <laughs> just in his sort of <laughs> rush. Elton definitely just like snorts loudly seeing this, where he's like, like serving out the food. Um, Kara probably also laughs and nudges you. <laughs> um, yeah, so Fishman, do you come on over? <laughs> Um, yeah, he definitely does. He definitely does. And yeah, he takes a seat. It's at the table, yeah? Yeah, uh, we're at a table. Yes, <laughs> the uh, previously empty table that was covered with Neris's notes before they were knocked off by the captain. That one. <laughs> Chibble, um, he kind of looks up and gives like a... He winces a little bit and mouths like, sorry <laughs> to Neris. <laughs> Um, and he's like, uh, well, Fishman, how are you feeling? It has been a lot to take in, but I'm feeling much better. Ham and Rue helped. I, that's, um, that's really good to hear. And you see, that's like a moment of... Maybe surprised, but just a genuine um, 
Yeah, there's like a genuineness behind his surprise and his sounds pleased to hear that. Like, well, uh, I guess I thought that we should have maybe a little unofficial casual debrief over over dinner and some drinks. Does that sound amicable to you both? Kind of addresses both. Neris and Fishman now. What is Neris doing? How is Neris reacting? Uh, <laughs> to any of this? Very much, Neris is um, keeping as straight a face as possible. Uh, with the exception of his eyes, which are almost like vibrating with like a muted anger and frustration um, at uh his little corner table suddenly becoming the height of attention, uh, followed almost immediately by all his very meticulous notes being knocked over and, and like, jumbled up. Uh, so he's, like, been trying to pull out each page and kind of, like, flatten it out on the table and sort it into whatever book it came out of and, like, trying to, like, look at the little page numbers that he's written in the top right corner and make them in the right spot so uh he's not you know from previous experience neris is uh actively aware of the entire conversation but he doesn't seem to be yeah looking or engaging um he does however say no that is fine i'm not um of course not doing anything important anymore Um, oh. Yeah, no, she will. <laughs> yeah, Tim's rolled a, a two there. Um, she was like, oh, well, wonderful. Good, I'm glad we're not interrupting then. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, you've. You've had some time all, to think. With all due respect, Captain, I'm happy to address the whole crew in a briefing. It doesn't necessarily have to be this smaller one. Would that not just be double handling? Not necessarily, lad. It, um... I, I was unaware of your comfort levels, given everything, and had a few questions myself. I'm not going to just assume that you're going to want to tell the whole crew everything that's going on. That is fair. Um, Ask away. Well, you've clearly had some time to think. Uh, I would like your thoughts on what happened and why. Uh, Like, obviously, we had that brief discussion. I know that you don't quite remember, but you do. Something. Give it to me plainly, lad, if you could. From what you know. From my understanding, that creature we just fought, that beast, was Uthron. Or so he says. The name does 
burn something in the back of my head. And I believe that I am directly how to put it. I know them, but I don't. And I believe they know me as well, but it seems I didn't have the answers they were after. Ah, so that, um, that sound you were making wasn't just some form of odd battle cry. You were communicating with the beast. It speaks draconic. I also speak draconic. Ah, I don't know that one. I'm less familiar. I do know that, um, there are a few crew members that speak draconic. Well, there's a dragonborn on board. Dragonborn on board. Um, but it's not a language that I am overly familiar with, so you'll... Apolog- apologies for the little... Um, for the assumption there. Um, It's okay, and I believe there may be even more on the ship that might be able to help. Perhaps I may not have been paying too much attention to exactly word after word what the beast said. Um... But perhaps you could ask that Dragonborn as well, or anyone else who may be able to speak Dragonborn to hear what they have to say about the matter. Hey, it it may be worth addressing in the crew to see if anyone... Well, if anyone knows much about this, um, Uthron fella. So... Sorry, please continue. You know... Or you think you know, and you think that Uthron knows you. There's a saying, I believe, that goes something along the lines of, you don't know until you know. I think I know. (laughs) Or I think I know. Um, I have been searching for something, and I don't particularly know what. And I believe that that sea dragon, that turtle dragon, was exactly what I'm after. Recently, for the past few years, I feel like I don't know who I am. I feel like I have a personality. I have a purpose, yes. I still feel lacking. And I guess the main concern I have at the moment is now that I know a little bit more about who I am. I'm not entirely sure if I'm happy with who I am. And I'm guessing that's what's been troubling me recently these past few hours. Um, question. Do you... Are you not happy with who you are now or who you think you potentially were? I am me. I am... You know me as Fishman. I don't believe I've changed. But... Uthron did have some insight into perhaps my past. And I have had visions, or I guess I merely saw them as dreams or hallucinations, which do assist in confirming what the dragon said 
Um, oh. I believe that I may have caused some great harm to that beast in the past. That I may have been responsible. And perhaps even for the hatred that he has against my people or what remains. This could be the very reason why he came to find us in the first place, was to get to me. You have seen visions of this moment in the past. It happens occasionally, but there was one last night. And to be honest, it was probably the strongest one yet. The most vivid. The one that felt most real. Perhaps that was because the beast was close, but again, I was not aware that this is... that this was real, that this was the vision. You mentioned you have had these visions several times in the past. Are they always the same? They differ, but generally they are the same. It's usually the same lapse of time as well. I don't often see outside of this one event. Um, It is of myself, and I am with a great number of my people warriors we are we were a battalion and i was their commander i see a lot of bloodshed in these visions and whilst it isn't necessarily clear uthron was there i was there and i saw all of my people slayed and uthron escaped Do you think perhaps this is something you need to redeem yourself for, lad? Or are you still unsure on that? If you are talking about my decision when Uthron made himself present, I believe I was blinded by a bit of rage, blinded by a bit of ambition. I felt like I had found what I've been looking for, and I felt absolute hatred. Maybe that clouded my judgment at that time, but I would like to know more about what these visions are. I may get some kind of redemption from slaying this beast, I I hope, but again, it's all foggy to me. I can't quite remember, unfortunately, why I am looking for this beast. I guess, given everything, my main question for you is, what can... What can I do to help? At this stage, Captain, I believe that there is very little to do. I have my means of 
locating portals and such that I've been utilizing to try and find something. And I believe Uthron is from one of these portals. He's a planar beast, to my knowledge. But again, I had was not aware of exactly what I was looking for. It just felt like it was right when I was doing it. Um, I've had little luck, and it appears Uthron found me. Uthron left, saying that I did not have the answers that he was after. So I doubt that he would come back unless... Somehow, he knew that I did have information he was after. But I don't believe that to ever be the case. I am as lost as I am ever. To help me, I believe, would be just to continue having me aboard this vessel. I see no danger to the crew or the Polaris if he has truly given up on his pursuit of me. However, it would be nice to eventually, Captain, to make this perhaps one of our jobs. As it would bring me great comfort if I could have everyone, all of the capable people aboard this vessel helping me with this, because this, I believe, is too big of a task for me to handle alone. I'd say that it was a large task today. You know that you'll always have a place on this ship. You've been and gone before. It's it's home to you when you want it and when you need it. But um, Fishman. I think that what you're looking for you may need to figure out whether it's something you want to find truly whether that part of yourself is something that you're going to be able to accept and live with I would find great comfort in understanding who I was. Of and course. this seems to be the best lead. Regardless of the answer, I believe I best that I know, good or bad. Well, regardless of what we find, I know you, Fishman. And I know the man, Fish, that I have aboard my crew. And that won't change. Thank you very much, Captain. And what of you, Neris? I just have so many questions. Um, <clears throat> but that is neither here nor there. I have many questions about many things. Why, uh, why do we serve the food that we serve when I have a perfectly good, um, uh, cool box? Um, that I brought to the kitchen, but we don't we don't need to go into that. That is perfectly fine. Those are questions, and some questions don't need to be answered. Some questions, however, may have some answers, uh, such as you mentioned that particular creature was from a different plane. Do you know this for a fact? I have experience in planar magic. My combat and my techniques are based around it 
I utilize this magic to do extra damage or to give me the edge in combat. My visions, or what I thought at the time was dreams, was definitely not of this plane. And I vividly remember this creature passing through a portal. So regardless if it was or wasn't the plane that we're on, it definitely traveled through planes in my vision. If it is not too an insensitive question, um, we have not uh, approached this topic before, more skirted around it. Um, <clears throat> where exactly are you from? It is the inevitable question. I get asked this a lot, and unfortunately I don't have an answer to said question. This is one of those questions without an answer at this time, unfortunately. I do not know. Have you seen many of my people? Do you know of many of my people? Not know of any of your people. I only know you. I have never seen another one of my kind. Except in the visions, which you have conveniently not brought up. Again, I believe that these were dreams at the time. Do you... Do you believe you are of this plane? There is a possibility that I am not. I do not see my people around and there is very little information. In fact, I have found none. There are tales, there are rumors, but due to the lack of information out there and my experience, I would say that I am probably not of this plane. However, I have no way to know where I am from or how to get there. And they don't particularly have that in the application to apply for a mercenary. It wasn't no, there. What plane are you from? Well, <laughs> yes, this conversation has not come up before, so we definitely need to amend that on the forms. Uh, I will uh, see to that with your permission, <laughs> Captain. Um, I, <clears throat> however, I... if as a... Uh, more of a curiosity rather than anything else that may uh, end up helping, to understand where this creature is from if we understand first where you are from if you have dreams which turn out to be visions which then turn out to be visions of the past which will then affect your future which then becomes your current which I am actually a part of and I would very much like to not be in the current where the dragon turtle attacks and kills us so is there any possible way if we could find out where you are from, would you be adverse to that? Absolutely not. However, we are on a mission currently, and I'm sure we will have many other missions come up. I believe that my performance is not inhibited by any of this whatsoever other than the rare occasion of the dragon turtle showing up and attempting to eat break our ship and eat us and kill me um, but um, I believe that there is no time limit on this this is not utmost importance but it is something that I would like to do whether alone or with the crew 
any assistance I could get is would be greatly appreciated, but it is not a priority. Well, if there's one thing I'm very good at, it is multitasking. Um, so if uh, you would give me your permission, I would uh, be most um, grateful if I could pursue this on your behalf, as well as the rest of the crew. Well, the quartermaster and I trust everyone aboard the ship. You don't need to ask for my permission, but I appreciate it and you have it. However, uh, I would Logistically also... speaking, he does have to ask for your permission. Um, you do still have to ask for permission for stuff like that. Please get consent. You're aware of this, but... Just so you know. Thank you. That is fair, that is fair. However, to have that be an independent study, as you may have been suggesting, I would like to be very much a part of it. You I'm just as much interested part. in this as you are. Of course. I'm going to need to make a call. With? Just a great many individuals. Perfect. And when will we be able to do this? Well, as you said, we are um, currently on a very important mission, so um, <clears throat> there will be time where we will be all free to pursue the various independent missions we all have. Um, at this moment, um, Alton uh, he kind of like barges in, uh, carrying like this basket of breadsticks. And I think um, if anyone was watching Alton, which they probably weren't, but um, he's been like stealthily kind of eavesdropping, but like as the talk of the visions continues, it probably becomes less and less stealthy until he like goes, makes his way over, uh, he takes these bread baskets and he plops them on the table, some of them falling directly onto Norris's books and papers, <laughs> some of them falling off onto them. And he goes, uh, oh, everyone, um, Care to have some refreshments for the party over here? Martin, lad, thank you. Appreciated. I yeah. don't. <laughs> and I guess, um, I don't know if Neris, would he then go to, like, go and collect all the breadsticks? Like, so maybe some of them fell on the ground, even? Yeah, he would try and clean up whatever he can. Yeah. Um, as this is going, uh, I was just kind of like lean closer to Fishman and go, um, so these visions of yours, how do you know that they're memories and they're not coming from some out of force? You overheard. Ah, uh, yes, you know, it's, uh, I've got to keep an eye on everyone, make sure they're enjoying their meals, you know. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. All I know is that I thought they were dreams, but then they turned into reality. Perhaps they were from an outer force. And to be honest, I felt quite entranced during that storm, up until the point where I noticed Uthron. So perhaps there is some kind of third party or influence, but I cannot tell. Right. They seem 
real. Goofus what? Be very careful about those visions. Do you have any reason to be suspicious? Is there something I should be concerned about? Uh, I don't know. Well, uh... You know, magic. All these creative beings and everything. Quite, quite dangerous. Got to keep an eye out. That's just fair. That's just fair. Gentlemen, enjoy your meal. There's so much bread on the ground! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, Uh, clumsy. (laughs) Wow, so clumsy. Oops. Are you alright, Alton, lad? (laughs) Do you need to take a break? I can go help Kara in the kitchen. I'm fine, thank you. I'm, I'm doing well this time. No, just, you know, clumsy old me. I, uh, of course, lad. Well, take a break if you need to, or Carl have me ass, so... She worries about ya. Elton, like... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Looks, like, automatically very offended by this statement. And it's just like, oh, yes, of course, thank you. You're most certainly welcome. Well, <laughs> the smile appreciate is just, like, it. Twitching. Well, I'll see you later. Oh dear, actually, I was already quite upset about the cost of all those bullets that I shot into that um, giant creature. The waste of all that gunpowder. Now I've gone and wasted bread. I'll budget better. He looks genuinely upset about the, the, the waste of the um, ammo. And then he'll go back to the station. Well, um, I've covered all that I want. I just... In summary, Fishman, you're very much valued here. And if you want or need anything, please let me know. I will, Captain. Post haste. Okay, and if you want us to make finding out more about you more of a priority, say the word. Again, it does not inhibit my performance. It is quite a low priority for me. But if that changes, I will let you know. Okay. Well, I'll leave you two gentlemen to your uh, meal. I'm going to go... um, not be here. Enjoy. And she will kind of um, does a almost a little awkward little bow um, and scampers off the table and appears to be making his way above deck. Oh. So, were there, are there still breadsticks on the table? There's so many breadsticks, <laughs> including one which is like ended up like dipped into the tip of like Neris's soup and it's just slowly draining all of the soup into the bread uh, and Neris is just left with soggy like just a small bowl of soggy vegetables are uh, you going to eat these? <laughs> you know I was but somehow I appear to have lost my appetite you would like them they are all yours. 
Whilst I don't necessarily like to waste food, I don't think I can eat a whole basket to myself, so it's quite unfortunate that the captain left. <laughs> I'll try my best. But, can I ask you a question? Oh. He stuffs a breadstick in his mouth. Um, don't talk with the breadstick, please. <laughs> There's a pause whilst he eats the breadstick. Do you... Are you familiar with Uthron? Or beasts like him? Dragon turtles? There's a pause and Neris kind of takes a deep breath in. <clears throat> this, this is the first time I have seen one that large. I have... Everyone has heard stories they are passed over the seas. I have done a, a small amount of research into them. Um, however, I expect my knowledge of these creatures to grow very rapidly in a very short period of time. I... I'd appreciate that, but I know you are one of the more magically experienced of us all. And this beast does seem quite extraordinary. But I was hoping you would know more, but if you find out anything significant, please let me know. Fishman, that was a very individualized attack this morning. That creature was not attacking the Polaris, it was attacking you. I just want to ask, are you doing okay? If, to be honest, if you're talking about the attack, that was... But it wasn't good, getting clawed in the face and the chest and getting beaten. Not the best in that case, but seeing these dreams become a reality, as scary as it is, does bring me some form of comfort. There is a level of sanity that I questioned, which, it appears, is still in check. It appears I don't have to be concerned about these chaotic dreams I've been having, and instead they are memories, which is something that I do struggle with. It brings me comfort, but it also distresses me as the visions themselves aren't very savory. They're quite vulgar, gory, and they, um, they bring me a great deal of depression. And the recent insight to my personality and the person who I am hasn't necessarily been helping with that. So whilst it is good that I know that that I am sane and that this is real, it does bring me a large amount of confusion and pain that it is real as well.
so there is something that I've learned. And I'm going to give you a little bit of that. My magic, my study, does not focus on the past. Instead, it looks forward to the future. That is a mentality that I have adopted for my own self. Because the past is done. It's gone. It, for all intents and purposes, for anyone who is not there, does not, does not exist. The present is fleeting. By the time you think of the present, it is already the past, in which case it also does not exist. The only thing that you can control is your future. So, if you wish to learn from the past, by all means, learn from it. But do not let it control you. I appreciate it, thank you. Unfortunately, it seems I may have to delve into my past. Um, I've thought about leaving it, becoming a new me, but I believe it would be in my best interest go down that rabbit hole, so to speak, and find out why I am who I am today, and why especially recent events have come up, as I don't particularly like putting the jeopardy of the Polaris and its crew in danger. And it seems that this is, as far as I'm aware, what I consider to be my new home, and I don't particularly want to lose and forget this one. An interesting individual. I am a unique individual, I've been told. You ought to can to stay that way. Life is more exciting. Indeed. And um he'll point towards your soggy breadstick. <laughs> Are you going to finish that? I am absolutely not. Do you, do you mind? Neris is gonna like pick up the non-soggy end of the breadstick and like slowly pass it over to Fishman and like the, the soggy end just kind of like breaks and falls on the table and just Neris just kind of palms it off. Again, I'm not, I'm not a fan of wasting good food, so. Yeah, I'm also just... not a fan of wasting good food, but <laughs> this is... <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, Fishman will just keep on eating. With today is ne a weird day. You're looking in disgust, I guess. So... Um... In between all this, uh, there's one person we haven't heard from, uh, Rue. 
What have you been up to while all these uh, conversations have been going on? So, of course, Rue doesn't need to eat. So, Rue is not... Since they've been on board, hasn't really had a reason to enter the mess hall for any particular purpose. And instead, has been sort of sitting in silence. Um, did so for quite some time with Fishman and sort of him gurgling metallically away in the background. And after a little while, after um, Fishman wandered off, Bruce was just still sat there in silence for perhaps another 20 minutes. Um, before sort of um, nodding down at him, being like, well, let's get you sorted then. And um, Ham sort of like uh, uh, would like Rue would try to convince Ham to go back into the into the sort of like cabin that they share. And um, so like Rue's cabin, I can't believe I've described it like in great detail. Since we stopped by um, the uh, port city, um, Rue did manage to get a little bit of shopping done, um, which is mostly they bought. They seem to buy a couple of herbs. Um, and things like that. So they have evidently been sort of like um, stringing a couple up around the mm. um, little cabin, um, and then like um, uh, the the cabin sky more got like a couple of like just knickknacks that Rue grabbed, including like the um, the big map that um, was left behind by Rue's mm. mentor, which they've sort of like pinned up on the wall um, with like a nail or something like that. Um, but largely like. Um, Rue has, I mean, Rue's got no need to use a bed. Ham is very large, so Ham still looks very large in this room. Um, Rue's probably, like, used the bed as, like, kind of a makeshift table kind of thing. Um, mm. to, and it's sort of, like, uh, yeah, there's, like, herbs and plants and things. Some which, like, Rue might have purchased. I'm happy to chuck some money toward as well since we didn't cover that on pod. Um, but, um basically uh and like just some which were just plants that room i've just grabbed <laughs> from like cracks in the path along the way um since they didn't get much of much of a chance to have a wander around um but yeah they're, they're all kind of like uh in like either hanging from the roof drying out or in like neat bundles or it's just sort of like some like paper that Ruth procured um that they've sort of wrapped up so yes rue what are you in the middle of uh, yes, so as I was saying, um, so after sort of like looking over the, um, after my little room description, I guess, um, Rue kind of looks over the, the herbs that are strung up on the ceiling and then sort of plucks some of the herbs um, like from different points at random and sort of just like seems to have has to just toss them into like a small pot they've also obtained, um, which, and they kind of like look around, again with sort of like instinctual hesitation, because... Um, <laughs> They will hang on. Yes, they'll create some water inside. <laughs> um, using the create water spell, which I'll roll for. It blows up the ship. That's fine, it's a seven. Um and um and then they kind of just like hold their hand to like that point and so just, just sort of like just vibrate to kind of kind of like set off sort of like a a little bit of like, oh, they've got like a little bit of like flint. I'll just click the flint under. And so there's a little bubbling pot for stuff. And they turn to hand like, we'll try out this tea this time. Maybe someone will like it. You're, of course, my chief taste tester. Now, 
and they turn to like look um at the table that the, the room has hmm. um and i will quickly note there's no chair there anymore um they've just shoved it under the bed because they don't need to use a chair um instead Rue kind of just like spindly like um leans over the table at a very odd angle to utilize it and Rue first spends some time writing carefully in the little notebook Tibble gave them um completely expressionless if someone was watching it you wouldn't be able to tell anything they're doing but it's sort of like their lights like dim and flash and heart and they hum a little bit um careful words of long spindly fingers before they sort of pause and look around again and sort of like, like, like check the um, little pot that they're boiling and then look outside the small window like little porthole for a little like a, a long moment sort of hearing the noises the muffled noises of dinner and the mess hall kind of kick out around and sort of different sounds of um laughter and companionship and obviously some scraps about bread i guess um and amidst the creak of the ship and the roll of the wind as they are alone with him um and they slowly sort of turn their beaky head back to a velveted pouch sitting propped up next to more wax paper and herbs and flowers and dried or already drying flowers and rue kind of nods and is like we've got a little bit of time and then Rue sort of like reaches for this pouch and then just kind of like very carefully with a lot of like again with like a little spindly fingered like um nimbleness unlaces it and then turns it up so that like it tosses out these like green sort of like uh, these green sea glass stones similar to one ones that Rue had but not from Rue ones entrusted to them by Tibble um that belong to someone else and um Rue kind of like carefully inspects them and again then turns to the um the book they're writing in and takes a couple of notes about how they've fallen and um drops down a couple of notes about how like somehow like the the sea the sea light of the the darkening um waves outside seem to sort of almost catch this like luminescence within them um and then Rue kind of like waits a couple of beats more. Uh, they count the sea glass stones. There are seven, of course. Um, and a um, couple of moments more as if like they're sort of just waiting the hesitance that there's no reason to because there's no one here except for Ham and Ham always understands. Um, and so Rue instead kind of um, speaks to themselves for a moment <clears throat> and says, I'm sorry, Asset. I'm not religious as you were. No half as good at talking, but I must try this. I have been tasked with this. Perhaps you would know more. This is my try. And then Rue sort of like um, shapes their hands over the stones in much the same way that they do with the ones that they talk to, the ones that they try to listen to when they're trying to make decisions. And Rue's going to try and cast Augury on Janice's uh, sea glass stones that were collected from his room. Um, and so the like light sort of like flickers um, from within. They're like uh, sort of like hot, white, pure from within. And their hands sort of like pass over the stones. And they try to sort of like forge this like. Because Rue's not particularly religious, if they do have any connections to some kind of god or some divine being or somewhere from far below, they do not know what they do not remember it. Um, but they have magical connection things. They are made of magic. They are something entirely unique, and they reach out some of that magic and search into these stones. And 
when Rue feels they've made a connection, I don't know, Darby, whether they do or not, mm-hmm. they ask their first question. So, yes. So, just just to clarify, this is a little different to how Augury works as Raw, but I think it... Laura has discussed this with me ahead of time. Um, this is, I think, close enough to the spirit of the spell that I'm going to run with it. Um, so, similar similar answer system, wheel woe, wheel and woe, or nothing. But I feel like Rue will ask questions, but they're basically mm. feeling for what the yes. what the vibe is, I guess. <laughs> Which yes. is what Augury is, in yeah. a sense. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, so, the first question that Rue is asked is, uh, with their first casting is, Hello, I'm Rue Friday, speaking for others. Do you listen? And will you answer truthfully? Okay. And Rue kind of waits and tries to like, forge this connection. Because again, this is an unusual question. Rue has used the stones that they collected from the seabed, from the seabed they washed, washed ashore from, and the seabed that they washed apart in when mm-hmm. the, the thing happened in the storm that we won't talk about. Um, but this is different. This is from someone else. Rue has no context for this, but mm-hmm. they try to feel. Yes. Do you listen and will you answer truth? So, as the stones are, they might not be, the stones themselves might not be connected to you, but the augury is through your magic, even if it's connected to an entity outside of that. Um, how does a wheel result manifest in the stones from Rue? How does a positive result manifest? For Rue, um, it's almost like they feel that that that, that magical connection. Because, like, obviously, like, some some char- like spellcasters using Augury could toss a coin and see what direction it lands, or, yeah. like, um, bones would certain, sort of like, scatter in that. I think for Rue, maybe this, the sea glass stones might shift in a certain direction. Yeah. Like, for Rue, normally they might feel that, that intention, but perhaps, like, they, they move in a certain way. But I, I feel like Rue would feel that connection regardless, yeah. because they are magic or part of All it. Right. So, and how, how would they indicate a result of woe? Much the same, but a contrasting movement? Contrasting movement and perhaps sort of, like, darkening of, like, yeah. the, the, that connection, I suppose. Okay. So the stones glow with a certain a subtle light and start to sp- spin slowly, rotating clockwise as to indicate wheel. Rue kind of like turns to him and nods and then um, is like, take note of that ham, we will note it down later the report. Ham, I, I presume, just gurgles or whatever Rue's cooking for them. <laughs> mm. And then Rue kind of, like, turns back again with, like, this intense, like, magical blaze. Um, and again, he's going to try and reach out again. Um, mm. uh, yes. Hang on, just checking the requires of that. Yes, alright, so I'll just roll that again. That's fine. Um, All right. Another one. Difficult to answer, I'm sure. 
Is your previous master well? So, there are seven stones. You note that from left to right, alternating dim and anti-clockwise, bright and clockwise, dim and anti-clockwise, bright. As if to indicate wheel and woe. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I like that. <laughs> um, Actually, I should, this should be fine, but it is technically a cumulative 25% chance after each question that the casting simply fails. Yes. So that is two second level slots you have used. Yes. Um... You can use higher level spell slots if you run out. You can also recharge a spell slot with a uh, use of your channel divinity as a paladin. Thank you. I was searching for that. I was like, I'm pretty um... sure I have it, but I can't find the name of it. <laughs> yes. I cannot recall whether that's a what first or second level slot off the top of my head though. I will bust out my copy of Tasha's here and confirm. I'll have a look. Uh, yeah. It might only be a first, which in this case I can't do anything else. Oh, <laughs> uh, unless Rue just waits. <laughs> mm. No, no, no higher than level two. Yes, there we go. Done. Let's go. Third question. And then finally Rue um, kind of like takes note of this and is like, Ham, write that. Well, you can't write. I'll remember it, and you tell me if I'm wrong. And then again, Ruth sort of like put like puts himself back into that um like frame, and like the the magic reaches out one more like again with like one more time as they sort of like recycle this magical energy back into themselves, which is normal. That's the that's whatever they are, and they feel this, and they and they call out. Are we following a path to retrieve the individual known to this crew as Janus? And how will this end? They shutter their eyes, like even like the they shutter the eyes of like them like the magic light behind their eyes off and like try to focus. <clears throat> so uh, The problem is you are kind of stretching the definition of one question there, but I think for that you would still get a result of weal and woe. Mm. Okay, interesting. Thank you. I will speak more later perhaps. I appreciate this. And then Rue sort of, like, goes through the motions of, like, turning off the auguries, like, the, or turning off the sort of whatever mm. they, they do to sort of commune with augury. Um, they commune with these stones that don't belong to them. Mm. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. Much to be learned. We will write this down. Now, tea time, Ham. Let's see how this goes. Mm. 
This first day at sea um, wraps up that people want to cover. Uh, Neris does retire to his room, um, pack away all his notes after shaking bread out of some of them, uh, and eats the granola bar as his dinner because his initial dinner was destroyed. Um, <clears throat> after he finishes this, he is going to... Um, do a little bit of research in whatever books that he has on um, any sort of topics in history um, regarding to uh, underwater living, underwater travel, um, dangers associated with, um, you know, oceans for air breathers, you know, the the typical stuff uh, that isn't just, there's no oxygen. Okay. Um, yeah. But he'll, he'll just do a little bit of research and hopefully find something of import. Um, yeah. Any reference to, like, magical spells that are cast, he might try and do a little bit more research into that, but he probably won't find that on short notice. All right. Um, yeah. I don't think you really need a history check for that. You just, yeah. It's just general preparation. He is also, um, a little bit more irritable than, or a little bit more outwardly irritable than normal. Almost like he's got something else that he's, that's happening that he doesn't, not comfortable with like there's almost like um if someone's got like a song stuck in their head um but it just keeps playing in the background uh just over and over and over again and it's always the same song it's always almost grating almost ringing Constantly. But Neris is alone for most of the time, so not many people would notice. Uh, Alton, Fishman, Rue? Uh, Fishman will probably just end up talking to anyone and everyone that approached him about what happened. He'd probably thank everyone and um, tell them to wait for the proper briefing or debrief for the whole crew if that happens later that day and then um yeah he's gonna kind of keep to himself for most of the day i think alton would probably be working like extra hard he's usually like very hard working very perfectionistic but i think he'd just be kind of like working at a pace where it's like he's trying to distract himself um from something so he'd probably be yeah reorganize the kitchen and then let's go into his room and um like work on his uh pistols and such okay and Rue? um so after some contemplation um feeding ham some kind of tea that is probably made of like grass and um 
lavender. <laughs> um, Rue will then um, pour some into some other like ramjacker little teacups, which look like if anyone else saw them, they're like obviously mismatched. So they were probably from, if anyone would remember, they're probably from home, um, his home or as it's home. Um, and he takes two of them and then sort of just like, again, he's got very long, like kind of like, they kind of like wrap around spider like, like both cups of one, with one hand. And then um, they sort of like stalk out the, the deck and then, then kind of like seek out both um, Neris's room and Tibble's room, I guess. Whichever one they find first, they'll just like knock. <laughs> if you head onto the deck, Tibble is up on the deck and he has been since, um, well, since he left dinner. <laughs> Um, since he left the mess hall, uh, not that Rue was sort of about in the mess hall, so probably would expect to find Tibble in his quarters, but Tibble um, is up um, is up looking out towards the water on um, one of the ship's railings. <laughs> Good evening, Captain Tibble. Mr. Friday. It's a pleasure. How are you faring? Well, I have been writing in my book. Will you be remaining here for long? I, it's, um, it's a pretty quiet night. You seem troubled. Are you well? This is not the normal overabundance of cheerfulness that we have come to know of you, or at least I have. When I say we, of course, I mean him. <laughs> of course. And then <laughs> Rue kind of like gestures with their free hand and then like just hands were just like pattering along with a very, very large rhinoceros, like cow-sized bull metal bulldog. <laughs> yeah, Tibble, <laughs> um... A little bit indige uh, indigestible. <laughs> Tibble, uh, he kind of reaches out a uh, hand to pet at um, Ham and he has this fond sort of quiet little smile and he's like, well, uh, apologies for worrying you, uh, young Mr. Ham. I wouldn't want to worry you at all. Um, but... Ham understands. And Rue kind of like gives like Ham sort of like a weird sort of scritch um, behind like the the jutting metal fin that they have. I um, I'm all right, Rue. I am. I'm just thinking, which can thinking. be a bit harder on me. I. I don't doubt it. I think, um, on a night like this, after the day we've had, well, the past week we've had, really, I like to sit and think a little on, well, I'd like to hope it was problem solving, but, um, I don't generally come to any conclusions. I just... I want to make sure the crew's are right, and... 
a lot's happened. You're concerned that they're not. An interesting observation to make. No, I don't think that they're not. And oh. I don't think that they necessarily will not be. But I, I worry that one day they won't be. And I'm trying to think of ways that I can make sure that they aren't not okay. They are not. No, they aren't not not. Oh, mm. the thinking thing. Grandma, I understand. I, I just um. Can I be? I don't wish to burden you with the thoughts of your captain, Rue, but it does feel like a different... You being new and... Of course, I Can don't I... have the history you have with the others. No, I... Can I address you as a friend rather than as your superior for a moment? To be fair, all you have done as my superior so far has been giving me a diary. So I am more than happy to be your friend, Mr. Tibble. Tibble, like, a wash, a vary of emotions <laughs> goes over his face at <laughs> that revelation from Rue. Uh, mixing from pride, guilt, confusion, delight, hurt, and then just he circles back to just clearly trying not to think about it. He's like, mm, right, well, um, right you are, I guess. Um, I care a lot about this crew, and I worry about the burden I lay on them in... I never know if what I'm doing is the right thing by them or by anyone. And I try to do the right thing by all of them, but I don't know that if by doing that, I'm jeopardizing everyone or jeopardizing some of them, or if any of them are actually uncomfortable with how I'm doing things, but are too nervous to speak up because of I am to them and I don't I give Neris so much because my brain just doesn't work and he seems to and then Fishman keeps so much to himself while sharing so much of himself but not really and my brain can't wrap my head around it and well Alton's a Alton's a whole other thing that I'm working on, and I think he's... Uh, we're getting somewhere, but if I... If I make just one wrong move, I feel like I could break his trust, and I don't want him to ever feel that again, and I don't also want him to think that he feels that when no trust has actually been broken. I've just put my foot in it, and... Well, Janice is... 
I don't yeah. know what I can do with Janice. No one really talks about him. I hear the crew talking about him quite favorably. But all of the senior officers haven't mentioned him. And if I may say, this is not... Again, I have difficulty expressing tone because I don't understand it. But shall I say, a lot of the senior officers like talking around each other all the time and seem to be into each other's business at all times. So I just find it surprising. Was he not a bosun? That is he third in command, the best yes? Fun. Sorry. That was very good. Bad joke. It used to make him laugh. Roarously. It, um... This is canonical, yes. <laughs> Dennis was, um, I guess, second in command here in an official sense. But more than that, he, he was a good balance for this crew in ways that I don't feel like I quite live up to. He worked incredibly hard, and I think there are parts of him that he hid too. And I'm starting to learn that about someone who I considered a dear friend, and someone who it was easier to see as an equal because if he wanted to, he could probably swallow me whole. With the whole, he he was part. He was like a were shark. It, it was a whole thing. But oh, he was very friendly. That was very friendly. Tap would not harm any of the crew. Um, of course, just like Ham. Isn't that I... right, Ham? <laughs> Bearing their like sharky teeth. <laughs> I, um, I guess I feel a bit of guilt by not knowing Janice as much as I could and I should have. Because maybe I could have prevented him being taken. And oh, that's oh. why I don't speak too much of him. As for the others, I'm... I'm not too sure. I don't know where they lay on things. And sometimes I try to, well, it's hard to just tell people you can communicate pretty bluntly with me and have them actually hear that and reciprocate that because everyone has their own complex things going on that I don't quite understand myself, but... It's I do wish some difficult. of them would speak to me about how they feel about that. I'd rather if they do blame me, I'd rather they say it to me openly and with the trust that as their captain I won't punish them for it. Rue's kind of silent for a little bit, um, and they're, they're sort of like, if they could blink, they would be, um, but then they kind of incline their head a bit. That is a lot of trouble that you have been dealing with. 
It does seem to, to be, as you have said, the difficulty of being both a captain and wishing to be a friend. Clearly it is possible to be both, I imagine, from the stories I have read of captains, locked upon an island as I was. But perhaps that is the difficult thing. And perhaps some like the structure of having this hierarchy. And perhaps some just don't trust very easily. Nevertheless, I think being as plain as you can, while listening as much as you can, might be an option anyway. Either that or you could try singing to them. That's what my father did to me. Well, my mental figure, of course. Do you miss him? Dearly. Of course. He was very considerate of me. And stood up for me. It was more difficult to adjust to the rest of the island. And it is difficult here. So I understand finding it difficult to sort of find the right path to connect with your friends here. Especially when you are dealing with a lot of shit in a small amount of time, if I may say. It would be surprising if you were not feeling a little bit rattled with this. Especially if, as you have also said, one of your crew that did us a lot for you is missing. Which does bring me to my... another reason. I don't know if my words have been much comfort, but would you like some tea? You've been practicing, have you? <laughs> I have. I hope this one will be more palatable. And then Rue kind of like detaches a little like it's like a little teacup when it has like it's got very like chipped sort of like fake gold sort of like or a ridge to it and then like this little like painted delicate or peach colored flowers and he sort of like holds it out there are pieces of grass floating in this um <laughs> and like some sprigs of lavender in there and then just some other stuff that obviously he's added not quite sure. <laughs> um, it has an interesting herbal smell to it. Not in a fun way. <laughs> um, but Rue sort of extends it to him and is like, I am happy to speak more of a friend as well, but I do have a report to make to yourself, and I think it would be useful if I fetch Master Neris as well, if you are amenable to this. Hi. Uh, of course, well. Good. But, again, if you wish to speak of these things, I am more than happy to help. I have a lot of free time here. And while I am better at healing the sick, I am happy to speak, if that is what heals you. Or, as Fishman said, just happy to provide silence. Rue, if I, um... If I'm not being too blunt with you, um... I'm not speaking to you of this because I feel I need to. 
or because I think it'll help, but because I want to. I speak to you as a friend because I want to. I know. I know you wish to be my friend. That means a lot more than I can say. I I consider you a friend, Mr. Tibble. If that is what is in question. I'm sure others do too. Wasn't, but, um... I appreciate it, nonetheless, lad. Then please, you can come and speak with me at any time. Poor Ham. Ham is a very good listener, and he is also incredibly non-judgmental. Scritches Ham again, and then sort of is like, Ham, keep Master Tibble company for a moment. When I say company, that does not mean eat. Good? No eating. Good. Excellent. I I'm won't sure, be long. I'm sure young Mr. Ham will be excellent company and will not eat me. Will you, Hammy? Will you? You'll be right, won't you, Hammy? Yeah. He gives, like, Ham a little scratch. Oh, Ham would love to scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I think that's safe. I will be back in a moment. And then Rue kind of like nods and then just strides off very purposefully to, mm. I believe he knows where Neris's room is because he left a yeah. apple for him at one point. <laughs> and then, so whatever Neris is doing, even if Neris is having, like, you know, trying to read or relax or something, he probably just hears this like horrible spindly, like, <laughs> not a knock, but just like this kind of like mixture between a knock and like a scratch along the door. <laughs> oh. Um, <clears throat> so... Depending on how perceptive Rue is, uh, Rue may hear... Yeah, very perceptive, okay. <laughs> well, Rue would probably hear a... 19. Almost like a a soft sloshing noise. Like water kind of being thrown around. Um, and as Rue enters, the door is partially ajar. Um, mm. which might not mean too much from Rue because Rue hasn't been here before, but the door no. is either fully open or fully closed. Oh, um, okay. But it is partially ajar, and on pushing it open, um, Neris is uh, sitting cross-legged in the middle of the room, uh, eyes closed with what looks like a container or a hip flask or something just open propped up on his legs and there's two very small globules of water which are both spinning around him um in like a uh a different pattern like one is clockwise the other is counterclockwise and both are just kind of missing each other uh and he appears to be for all intents and purposes asleep um until Rue enters, and there's a, a brief pause before Naris kind of blinks and opens his eyes and looks up at Rue. Good evening. Good evening. 
And like Rue sort of enters the room like because they've like stooped. They've kind of just got like that like beaky little head kind of like peeped around. Um I hope I wasn't interrupting anything. That was very impressive. Um and Nurse kind of looks around. Um blinks a couple of times and the water globules are still spinning around him and he kind of looks at one of them a couple of times um no um <clears throat> you haven't interrupted anything um I was just do you need something are you alright I am fine you seem more detached than normal. I think I would be offended by that. I apologize. Would you like an apple? You said a butt. I would love an apple. Rook kind of just, like, looks a little bit like, oh, oh, oh. And then like sort of like reaches into their like little medic's um, pouch and um carefully kind of like uh takes out a little apple and um sort of just like steps in a little bit further and then like holds it out for him Harris is gonna reach out through the globules which kind of go one over the top and one underneath the arm um and he'll just take the apple and sort of pull it back into this watery fortress that he's made for himself um and he'll just he's still like just looking up at Rue Thank you for the apple. No problem. I hope it makes you happy. Or apologizes for the past slight. Not sure how an apple could apologize, but I'm sure if it could speak, it would do a fine job. Oh, yes, no, it was very clever. See, Fishman had the idea that, um, see, some people are afraid of doctors. And, well, not that it really matters, because I don't do any doctoring on this ship, but um, we thought that perhaps it would help, you know, me also apologising for things if I give people apple. I am talking a lot. Can I assist with anything? I have come to deliver some news, but if you are busy... I'm not busy. I am... Uh, and he looks down at the hip flask. Um, kind of pauses a little bit and just closes the lid and puts it in uh, a little pocket inside his jacket. I am just here. What? Um, and he'll, he'll kind of stand up um, and he's just kind of holding the apple and he doesn't really know what to do with the apple. Uh, <laughs> he just has like, an apple now. He just, he just, he's just sort of holding it in front of him. Uh, and he's like... Um, you said you had news. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, good, good, impressive water, the thing you were doing. I can create water, too, with magic, although, again, I will probably avoid using magic for a little while. Um, the news. I was hoping that yourself and Master Tibble could have a, we could have a conversation. I have, um, investigated the stones that Tibble gave me. And have news about Janus. How do you mean? 
Oh, well, Tibble gave me the stones that belong to Janice. And I put it off for a little bit because of other things. But I tried to reach out with them. And I don't know if I have any useful information. But it might... Uh, well, I should tell both of you, of course. It is not a lot to report. And then you can go back to your water display in your room. Neris. And your apple. Um, still holding the apple almost like half aloft, um, is going to reach up with his other hand and just kind of wave it slowly in front of him. And the two water orbs, which are still spinning around him, will slow in front of him, uh, combine into one conglomeration of water. Um, and Neris is just going to sort of point back at his desk where the water will drift over and form itself into a rather large mug that's on his desk. Fascinating. You said you had... stones. Yes, stones that belong to your person, I believe. I believe they still belong to the boson. Oh, yes, well, of course. But they were given to me, so in order to uh, see what I could do about them. My Tibble, why do you look so confused? I this is this no. something I should have given to Alton or one of the other medics on the board? No, everything is perfectly fine. I just assumed that if there was something that someone would need to spend time studying, it should be the person that does most magic on uh, <clears throat> on the ship, but that is completely uh, fine. I mean, you are um, here and you do some magic as well, so maybe you are more um, interested in the stones than... Th that's fine. That is, I'm not... That is perfectly fine. Everything is fine. I'm sorry, would you like another apple? I don't... I, you know, I would actually like another drink. And he's going to pull out <laughs> this, uh, this hip flask again and kind of like fiddle with the cap. And he's just going to take another swig of it. Um, <laughs> put it back in his jacket. And um, you can probably hear from him swishing it. There's not much in it anymore. Um, <laughs> and... And Neris is just kind of like looking almost like at a corner of the room. Um, and that's fine. Oh, no, everything is perfectly fine. Um, do you want to discuss your information with the captain as well, do you? Yes, well, he tasked me with it, so. But I thought it would be important to have you there as well. And what? Because you are the quartermaster. No, no, no. Go back a bit. Yes. Um, it has, what, uh, I made some tea. Would you like some tea with the apple? We could I probably would put like... the apple in the tea. Sorry, I'm... Is there something I'm missing here? Everything is fine. Let us <laughs> go and see the captain. Rue kind of, like, just, like, gives, like, Nero's a kind of a long look. It's like... Captain is only on deck. It will be all right. Do you require assistance? 
don't. We're kind of like uselessly holds out a hand. <laughs> um. And then it's just sort of like, uh, <laughs> and just sort of steeples their fingers together. And then sort of just like moves a little bit more to the door, like, you're gonna follow, what, what is going on here? <laughs> Why does everyone have things going on that I don't understand or know about? <laughs> is the vibe that is coming off Rue, which would be completely discernible because Rue doesn't emote. Uh, Neris is just, uh, going to be very passive and wait for Rue to make a move. Alright, uh, follow me. Captain is on deck. So is Ham. And I have tea for you as well. I've been trying a new batch. This one is a delicacy, or a local plant from the island we were just on, and also some herbs for relaxation. Oh. Lavender, you see. It's good for clarity as well. Follow me, Mr. Neris. And Neris will follow, and about halfway up, uh, you can hear behind you just a little swishing of liquid on metal. Rukai kind of looks back, oh, oh more. <laughs> right. And then, like, yeah, Ruble leads um, Neris to Tibble, who is uh, with Ham. Hopefully, not been eaten by that in that amount of time. Do I roll to get at? <laughs> no. Yeah, is there fine. a role to get at? Yeah. I feel Ham like looks really hungry Ham and Tibble are homies. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're chilling. It's cool. Yeah. Fishman would be so jealous if he could see how well they're getting along. Tibble's probably like sitting on, um, you know, the banister. I don't know if that's the right word for it. With his like little legs hanging off, and he has like Ham's huge head, <laughs> like a huge in comparison to Tibble's little body, like on his lap, um, like next to overleaning on the banister. He's just petting at, um, at Ham's uh, rough exterior while looking out to the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Rue kind of like awkwardly like you know looks over at Tibble like ah and then looks back at Neris and like is <laughs> like ah um, hello I have returned with Master Neris <sighs> short information I would like to report ah uh, yes of, of course um as you were, young Ham. He kind of pets Ham and, like, gently shifts Ham's head off his lap, which is very funny because it shouldn't be something that he appears to be capable of lifting, but he does it quite easily. Um, and he kind of stands up and... Um, on the banister, he's probably closer to eye level than he usually is with you. <laughs> so... Um, it's true. Uh, what was it that you wanted to discuss with us? And he kind of nods at um, Neris. Okay, so of course this was something you tasked me with specifically, Master Tibble. I just thought that it would also be pertinent to Mr. Neris since we have also discussed talking about visions and things. 
And while I didn't have a vision, I figured as the first and second in command of the ship, this would be important. So, of course, as you recall, a little while ago, you entrusted me with one of the things you removed from Mr. Janice's room, which was the, uh, some stones that you found, as they were similar to ones that I had scavenged off the, off the seafloor, and that I used to ask for questions. I... Yes, that in in summary, yes, that is that is the interaction that we had. And he kind of yes. looks um, at Neris to try and gauge some sort of reaction. Um, I might roll an insight, but Tibble's not fantastic at that, and she really isn't. <laughs> I also oh. rolled the insight, and Rue's like at five. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> that's a four. Eris is not hard to read in this current predicament. <laughs> how 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 does how does Neris look on or a four? Like? <laughs> um, so with a four and a five, uh, Neris is showing emotion. Tibble sees that Neris is showing emotion. And he internally starts to panic because he can't identify what that emotion is um, and is having trouble comprehending. So he's like, I, I, um, I assumed that would be okay. I'm hoping that is okay um, because I thought it would help. I mean, it... I mean, I, it would have been good to have, uh, <clears throat> well, one, been told about it so that we can maybe make a little bit more of a map of how they were all set out before you took them. Oh, yes, maybe I could also help with everything, but that, you know... But I've asked a lot of you, lad. And now that's why I'm here. So that you ask me the questions. I I spend so much time finding answers to everybody's questions. I lad, you spend so much time finding answers for everyone's questions. I don't want all of your time to just be for other people. I need that time for other people. If what I what of yourself, lad? I don't want to explore myself. <laughs> the, the, the thoughts that happen in my head, I don't want to do anything with them because they're, they're terrifying. The, the, uh, the thoughts that I don't want to spend any more time on. So if I don't have anything else to focus on, then I have to look at that, and that hurts me. Neris, lad, I'm sorry I didn't come to you with it. It's fine. I I, I sketched a rough diagram of where the stones are, so I can just go back into the room and use the picture, and it should make a perfect idea of what everything was. How's your, um, how's your 
tough load at the moment. It's fine. It's no, everything is going well. I have. Is it too little? I would like some more. Shall we start some form of night training or something again? I don't know. I, just, I don't know what I want, what I need. I just know that it isn't. Kara's been having some bad nights recently. She'll be up sketching if I'm sure she'd love for you to join her. Maybe. I'll be around too. You know I don't like to keep her up alone. What news did you have for us, Bru? Um, Bru sort of like this whole time has been sort of just like staring blankly at like from between Tibbles and Nero. It's just like their eyes just sort of like flickering a little bit. And then they kind of just like, as this has continued, sort of just started to just train their eyes on Ham, just sort of like exchanging this like emotionless, expressionless look at each other because Ham can't really emote that well either. <laughs> and then Ru just sort of starts to remember like, Oh, um, yes, well, this conversation is finished, is it? Okay, um, well, uh, again, the thing I was tasked to do about your person, who, well, I haven't heard much about, um, yes, these stones, again, they are not mine, and I sort of use mine to determine questions. But, so that's sort of what I did with his. I don't know if that was their original use or not. Um, well, okay. So, I asked three questions. That's probably the most I can do at the moment. And it is difficult because I can't be precise. I can only feel the magic that is a conduit through them and through me. So, well. And then, like, um, Rue kind of carefully takes out the little notebook that Tibble gave him and, like, kind of flicks to her. It's like, all right, experiment report. So, first um, question that was asked. Ham assisted with this, of course, as well. He's a very good at reminding me about things. I tried to establish connection with the stones, and I asked if they would answer truthfully, which they said... Well, it's difficult. It's a thing called wheel. It's sort of a good result. So we could assume, yes, that they would speak truthfully. I then asked if their previous master was well, and that every stone responded in alternating fashion, good and bad. There is not much more to be gleaned with that without context. I do not have much. And then my third question, which was the end of my reserve of magic. So, I suppose as has been discussed here directly in front of me, perhaps another might be more suited to exploring this. 
Master Neris? Was... Are we following a path to retrieve the individual known as Janus? And how will this end? And the result was also good and bad. That is unfortunately all I have to report. I apologize for causing some sort of incident here. I must also mention I apologize for uh, overstepping uh, some certain um, roles aboard this ship. But unfortunately, my experience personally is in healing ailments, making tinctures, and observing scientific practice, none of which is valued in any way on board here, as many others fulfill these roles, despite their level of qualification. So I would just say that I am trying to do my best, but perhaps I should relinquish these to Master Neros. as there is only an extent to what magic I can use, and I know we have spoken on this, Master Tibble, but I do not wish to overextend my magical use for reasons both of you know, albeit with separate reason, re sources for them. That is all that I can report. And they just sort of like nod. <laughs> And then, like, um, return, like, put their notebook back into their pocket and then just sort of, like, return their fingers sort of, like, um, together at, like, a point. Spindly and, um, tall and dark against the night sky. So, um, Neris has been looking very, um... Well, I mean, it's difficult to tell for the two people on the conversation. Um, but for those uh, playing along at home, Neris has been very just like outwardly sad, like a like a child who has like all his toys are just gone, like missing or being taken, or someone's using them for something they shouldn't be used for. There's a prized matchbox car that he's been keeping for years and then the smaller child goes and is just like having a great time playing with it and getting dust all in the wheels and everything and it's very upsetting um but just towards the end of that nurse does feel very does have like almost a look of sadness but for someone else. Um, and Neris looks up at Rue. Um, I'm sorry if my words um, hurt you. I, I didn't mean to... Um, well, I've overstepped myself. I'm not in the right. I don't think I'm in the right frame of mind tonight. I, I am sorry. There's there's just a lot of noise. It's it's very interesting that you can 
use your magic to um, manipulate the stones in such a way. I, I do not possess the ability to do that. That is very unique to you. I, I don't think anyone else on this ship can do that. It's a good skill. Nurse is uh, not nurse. <laughs> Rule is listening, but like they kind of like they sort of like turn their. They were looking quite like pointed, but like again expressionless. But they sort of like turn their head down slightly as Nurse is sort of saying this. True, but being good at one thing, you need many minds to get a good overview of the problem. And I don't... There are limitations everyone has. Peer review is very important, after all. And I can't do that on my own. I would very much like your assistant. Uh, Tibble, I hope this is not overstepping my bounds, but this is... Perhaps I think a good thing for Neris to take a look at. You turn, um, to look at Tibble, and Tibble has, like, an arm wrapped around, like, Ham's, like, neck. He's, like, <laughs> cuddling into Ham, and he's got, like, just a little tear running down his phone. I, that, um, that, that sounds wonderful. I think it would be a nice thing for you both to work on together. Um, I, uh, if it's was not... Was the tea that bad? No, no, not at all. The tea was lovely, actually. Um. Where's the tea? Tibble did actually quite enjoy the tea. <laughs> I wrote a luck check there. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but Tibble, um, yeah, he looks just a little bit soft over that interaction. He's like, I, um, <clears throat> I don't think you overstepped, Rue. I don't think that you... I don't think that you necessarily overreacted, Nerith. I think that things have been felt and things have been talked about. And if you're both comfortable with it, I think that both of you working on this or even just working together in general. Rue, your um, mentor was a scientist, correct? Of a sort. Of a sort. So clever, I'm guessing. Yes, and some very good songs. Never, s and do not feel you need to answer or say anything until you're ready. But 
do you think Rue could assist you with some of your research? Yes. I think Ru would be a very very good asset to helping me with my research. Our research. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I am sorry. That was unwarranted for. I have just not. My usefulness is very important, or it was on Acheron, otherwise people left me alone. So I've been finding it very difficult to adjust to a different pace of living. Although I shouldn't, because this is the sort of pace of living Ham has, and he... is a very good individual indeed. But, beyond anything, I don't know Janice at all. Were you tasked with investigating him, Mr. Norris? There was a little- I assume you were responsible for the <laughs> joint removal of his things? I had assumed you would know about the art that this in the first place, I apologize for causing this situation in a roundabout way, but I would like to work with you. I was um, uh, tasked with finding out more. It Did you... wait. What was the word? Captain? Neris, Lorit was promoted. As promotion, she does get a senior officer's quarters. I'm sorry that I did not make that clearer for you, so you could adapt to that change. Um, I... Janice's belongings are in my quarters. And they are organized, Rue was. Well, Rue would have seen her. I was sorting them. Yes, they were on a table. I can vouch for that. Some time ago. I hadn't finished. It's okay. It's all still there. They were all... They were all in place. Everything was... in a place. We could use it... to find... maybe where... Neris takes a couple of deep breaths um, to kind of try and center himself, uh, and for the most part, it doesn't work. Um, and 
about everything was where he left it from most important to least important and we can find that order and we can use that order to find him and now we cannot did not realize what I was doing that. And I apologize. It's the past. Doesn't matter. It does matter. Because it's upset you. It's upset me in the present, which has now become the past. I but... Captain, we lost someone. <clears throat> I would very much like to find him again. Do the job that I was tasked to do. Or if I do not do that, I would not be useful. Sorry if I ever made you feel that if you can't find him, you're not useful, nurse. You have not done that. I have done that to myself. It's fine. Well, then, I'm sorry I haven't been able to help with that. I think you should spend some time with Kara tonight. Bit of quiet will do you good. A bit of quiet would do me so poorly. You have no idea. I need to hear the sound of the ocean, the sound of the breeze, the sound of the sailors as they snore and tell bedtime stories to each other. I need to sit on the bow of a ship reading a book as the water splashes me and the birds thing of the morning and I need to refill my flask Neris on which earth away. or seas do you think that that isn't the meaning of quiet for me then quiet is pain I know And I think on that note, because we are very running quite long, uh, that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. Thank you everyone for joining us on this week's emotional roller coaster of an episode. Happy week, everyone! <laughs> Have a great one. Yeah. We'll see, next you week. see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
I do love Rue just every time Neris and Table just fall back into this comfortable, very private conversation in front of Rue just standing there like looking at Ham, looking back at them, looking at Ham like, oh, oh my god. All right. I'm in pain. 